Now Lonnie Finley's his name. Vince Eustace is his. This is hip hop. Yeah, movie news. And, and that's, that's the way it is. Yes, welcome back. This is episode five. I got five on it. Bringing you everything from Tinseltown to the Boogie Down, the home of the real hip hop. Because we don't know how to spell. This is Hip Hop and Movie News. The podcast, I'm Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. And suspiciously absent is our producer extraordinaire, Patrick Pierre. I think that some of our spicy talk about conspiracy theories last week got him in trouble. And so now he has to sort of clear everything up for what we said. Because he is currently working for the mouse. Yes. And so if there's a mouse in the house, you better be quiet. Yeah. Are you a man or a mouse? In this case, the mouse is the man. Mouse is always a man. Yeah. Mouse owns everything. All right. Well, uh, so we've got a brand new show. A lot of stuff to go over. We'll start off with the movie news. Now, this was a little sad when I read the headline at first. I was a little upset. Uh, one of my favorite producing duos, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, they brought us Funny or Die. They uh, have also brought us a lot of movies through their Gary Sanchez production company. They have announced that they are going their separate ways. They're splitting up. But it's not as bad as it seems in terms of the headlines. They've been working together. They met on SNL in 95. They decided to do Gary Sanchez and then later the female-centric offshoot Gloria Sanchez. Some of my favorite comedy movies of all time, Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, The Other Guys, have been because of them. The aforementioned Funny or Die, which has given us Between Two Ferns, Drunk History, uh, the, the his little daughter that was cursed the landlord and the cursing so there's still there's no animosity they're still friends they're going to support each other both professionally and personally they've just decided to creatively go their separate ways they're not going to shut down operations immediately they're going to see through all the projects they already have lined up and just sort of phase out you know as they go along and so on paper it sounds good but i'm still I'm still sad about it. How do you feel? I mean, it was like, when I read it, I was thinking like, no, at some point in our, in our careers, are we going to have a point where we have, where we, we split mutually? You know, I was thinking about like, oh, that could, that could happen. But then when I was, you know, reading that it was a, there isn't like a, you did this or you stole that or blah, 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 or we don't get along because of these reasons, I was ultimately like, you know what? I kind of see where some of this is going. Um, I think Adam McKay is kind of moving into a direction where, like, the pro he's going to keep working. They're both going to keep working on projects, right? Mm -hmm. I think this gives them a little more freedom to be able to do whatever the projects they want to. They might branch outside of, you know, um, something that they both have to decide upon. So this is this happens. I mean, very rarely will I say it happens where we get to like have this like this this idea where they are still okay and maybe find out something later on. But they both seem like you know maybe they're a standing individuals who are friends. So, you know, I, I'm I'm okay with this because of the fact that they're not just like, we're done, cold turkey, we're out. Uh, Sherlock Holmes was a failure. Let's, uh, <laughs> well, I, I started watching part of it and I stopped watching it. And yeah. I, I will finish it, but it was, I gotta be in the right mindset. I want to watch it too, but I heard it was beyond bad. There was one point where he wears a hat that says something like, like, make England great again. And I was like, this joke is not right for this. And it was something he was trying to have to... Anyway, uh, I'm okay with this. I mean, I think that, like, you know what? Like I said, this happens. 
um, to not to have be something where they are splitting mutually. They're still going to finish our projects and, and get some of these things done. Doesn't mean they won't work together in, in the future. It just means that the company has potentially the chance to grow. And they're going to do different things. They kind of set out and accomplished a lot of stuff that, you yeah. know, if you set and start about 1995, they accomplished a lot of things that I think they can hang their hat on and be like, you know, we started up a lot of careers and a lot of, a lot of things have happened that have been positive for us. Let's go to where we got to go with this. I'm okay with and it. And you can sort of see, like you touched on it, that they're kind of going their separate ways creatively. Like Adam McKay is really establishing himself as a, a director who's directing Academy Award nominated films. Yeah. And not to say that Will Ferrell isn't doing those, but he, I mean, he's, he's going to, do more of the comedy stuff. That's where he really shines. And I think also too, like like Will's kind of like I'm not saying like taking a break, but I feel like he slowed down a little bit on the constant like I call it like the Sam Jackson barrage. Not even that it was at that level, but just of like movies, movies, movies. You know, so you got family and things you want to do, and you know you, you hear a lot of these people like wanting to have a legacy. And, like, LeBron's mentioned it, the legacy versus like what you're doing right now. So leaving something. And so sometimes that means building your company and building something like as you get older, maybe you are working less. Maybe you're choosing your, your projects more. Maybe it's less of you having to be like, oh, I have to do this, this, and this, and more about choosing specific projects. And and then from that McKay standpoint, it might be where he's like, I love I love pulling comedy into these projects I'm working on, but I want to kind of go in this direction where I'm doing like the whole uh, um, Steve Carell, where, you know, I was comedic and comedic, you know me as that, and now I'm doing these Academy Award projects where I am just showing the full range of what I can do, and not to say that this guy's holding me back, but I don't want to have to worry about anyone else's, like, ideas and these. I want to kind of, like, make this my thing, where, like, we came up together, and I appreciate the fact that you not only helped me out, and I helped you out, but, like, we're at a point right now, well, let's see what we can do, and let's see if I can run this thing by myself, and, you know, I think that's okay. I think it happens, and it can happen professionally, and people can be fine with that. You know, yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite Will Ferrell Adam McKay project? Um, well, there's like I wouldn't say moments. <sighs> For me, if I was like to put a whole like, like Step Brothers is a hilarious project. Yeah. Uh, other guys is a hilarious project. I was I think that like so, and also like Sounds Like Nice for me has like so many like little jokes, but I think. I think it's other guys for specific reasons. One of which is like actually, weirdly enough, even though it is Adam McKay, um, a part of it is actually Adam McKay in the movie where he's like, <laughs> where he's like, they go and they're in this car. He's like, get out of my Prius. He's like, were you guys having sex with my Prius? Like, he's like, we're having sex with your Prius. We're having an orgy. He's like, Dirty Mike and the boys, we will do this again. We will. And like, he's <laughs> that like, was one of my favorite parts of that movie. He's like, oh, like he said it was such confidence. Like, oh, we, we will have sex in this car again. <laughs> yeah, it it will like, happen. It is like, it is just like that like, line, but also the idea of that project of being like opening, like kind of like a last action hero where you're like, you know, like Sam Jackson, Dwayne Johnson, boom, like they're the badass cops and this whole scene and it like aim for the bushes. Aim for the bushes. And they jump and they just kill themselves. And there are no bushes. No bushes. <laughs> it like it played into me the idea of like the stereotype of these action movies and these characters. And uh that's probably one of my favorites. I think it's a it was just a solid movie, like you know, through and through. I mean it, it's hard because they got a lot of uh they've done a lot of good things together. I think that like, you know, it's it's it, for me it's always hard to pin down certain movies, certain favorites, it's always moments for me. But I I think that um uh, you know, it's, it's again, it's like it's kind of one of those bittersweet things, but to know that at least on the surface, from what we're finding out, 
there's nothing wrong with them. There's no sort of like, you did this or like how an athlete situation happened. Uh, this is my ex-wife and now she's with you and I'm going to walk over your, her house and see you and punch you in the face, Derek Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. So I'm good with it, man. Uh, what about you? Any favorite project that you... Uh, I mean, I saw Anchorman. I saw all of them in theaters. Anchorman is probably not the strongest movie, but I don't think I've ever laughed so hard at a movie just at the ridiculousness of it. Talladega Nights is probably my favorite. And I think even renowned Will Ferrell hater Ryan Turner, uh, a good friend of ours who does not find any of Will Ferrell amusing or funny, has, I think, admitted that he even likes Talladega Nights. Well, that's because of the NASCAR. It is because of the NASCAR, yeah. I think. But it, I mean, it was funny. It was, there was a, there's so many great things in that. And oh, yeah. Michael Clark Duncan, like, don't you blame, blame put that evil on me, Ricky yeah, Bobby. Yeah. John C. Riley, like you mentioned, the Derek Fisher stealing the wife thing. That that actually happened. Like he stole yeah. his wife, but then he was like, "Hey, like this will be cool, though." Yeah, right? we're still we're still friends. He's like, wait, why, why am I being nice to you? I hate you. So Talladega and and, 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 and um, Sasha Baron Cohen is hilarious. Oh yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, Andy Richter. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. his uh, lover, as his husband. It's yeah. just like <laughs> it's hilarious, hilarious film. So uh, um, they actually are. Before we close this out, they I just found out they are producing the Jennifer Lopez, Cardi B uh, stripper movie. Which makes total sense. About. Makes total sense. So yeah. that should be funny. I mean, we thought it was going to be funny anyway, but then with that pedigree, should be good. Speaking of funny and movies, I saw Shazam this weekend with my parents and my wife. My parents were in town. We decided to go see Shazam. So... We'll be reviewing. Congrats to your parents, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They're celebrating their anniversary. My mom's also uh, celebrating her birthday next week, as well as my father-in-law, 14th and 15th. So happy birthday to both of them. Potentially also celebrating for your dad a hopeful, as of recording this now, win for the Virginia Cavaliers. That's what we were talking about. We were saying, oh, if we, cause we celebrated my parents' anniversary on Saturday, both birthdays on Sunday, and we're hoping to celebrate a UVA Championship tonight, because my dad used to play lacrosse for UVA. He was an All-American goalie for them, for lacrosse. And so we're hoping And then, and then um, you know, you guys might not be aware of this, but the podcast reps very strong to the DMV. Yes. We're a very DMV-strong podcast. I'm born in D.C. I grew up in Maryland. You know, Vince, Maryland, uh, lived in VA for a bit. We, we just all, we're all over the DMV. Yeah. So DMV's family. Rep DMV hard right now. Yeah. We are not going for Texas Tech. Although my mom's from Texas. We're not going for Texas Tech. We're not going for Texas Tech. But I do have ties to Texas. Okay. Uh, so yeah, love the family, uh, which is good because Shazam, one of the big themes was family. It's about an orphan named Billy Batson. And he uh, is trying to find sort of his footing in life and is adopted by a foster family. And he accidentally comes across this decrepit old wizard who grants him these superpowers when you say the name Shazam. So it's kind of a mix. It's been described as big meets Superman. So I went and seen, don't want to spoil anything because there is a lot in this movie that the trailer did not show. We hate spoilers over here. just so we... And I feel like that is something that normally... 
trailers give away everything now. This movie did such a good job of keeping a lot of stuff under wraps. Thank so, you. So I don't really want Thank to you. say much about it other than I loved this movie. It started off, I don't want to say slow, but it started off just kind of like steady. You know, you had a sort of... Origin story. Yeah, yeah. You, just yeah. Have, you have to uncover stuff and build some stuff up. John Glover from Towson University is in the movie as well. John Glover refers to me as Lon. Nice. Touches my hair a lot. Because you guys are very good friends. Very, very, we're very good friends. Uh, so, John Glover, who's played Lionel Luther in Smallville and the voice of the Riddler in Batman the Animated Series, also is in this DC project. But the movie itself, you know, builds, builds, builds. And by the time it got to the end and the climax and, the, like, the final scenes, everything just made sense. Everything pulled together. I actually thought this before I read a review on it. But it kind of reminded me, not like a Spielberg movie, but kind of like those feel-good like Spielberg S type movies, like where, you know, like the kids are kind of heroes and like Stranger Thing type things. And so the kid who played young Billy Bassett was great. The kid who played his best friend, foster brother, Freddie, was fantastic. He was so good. Uh, Zach Levi, who played the, the grown up Shazam or the, the superhero Shazam, such great comic timing. Also known as Chuck. Chuck. And that's all. I did not know his name was exactly Levi until right now. It may be I've Levy. I'm not sure. I'm probably, to him as Chuck. I'm probably sure we'll do so. It's also only how my parents know him. They're like, where have we seen him? We're like, he's Chuck. I'm like, Chuck. that's it. Chuck. We know him from Chuck. Yeah. So, and Mark Strong as the bad guy. Always great. That's a great bad guy. Now, I mean, before you, I don't, you know, before we get into, too deep into it, obviously we're not going to give away any spoilers or anything. Like Correct. I have... You know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of comics. I'm a fan of you know all things to deal with like superhero lore, fandom, uh, the both Marvel, DC. You know the whole thing. I, I really try to you know watch these movies because they remind us of being children and and things. And I, I'm just I've been let down in the past. I've I've been let down with DC more than I haven't been let down. Like. I did enjoy Wonder Woman. I enjoyed parts of Batman vs. Superman. I enjoyed parts of uh, Man of Steel. Uh, I like Aquaman, and that's kind of like because I like Jason Moa, and I like, you know, like just the aspects of it that were good. There's, you know, there's, I keep seeing these DC movies, and then even with Wonder Woman, great up until certain parts of the ending where I was like, okay, I. Tell me why I should go see this movie and pay for it to see it in theaters and and why how is this gonna be a different thing than watching the other ones? And you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's yeah. had critiques about the DC universe versus what the Marvel universe is doing, trying to catch up to what they've already established. It's hard, but sometimes it's been letdowns, man. So right. I'm like, what 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 is the what, you know, like why why is this different? So this is a DC movie, and it does take place within the DC universe in that like, they reference Batman. They reference Aquaman. They reference Superman. Not just as, like, comic book heroes, but as, like, they people. They are people in this act. Yeah, like, like it, it, they're definitely referenced in it as, as existing uh, sort of beings. Aside from that, it's not even... A, I mean, it's a DC movie, but it's not a DC movie. It's just a regular movie. It almost kind of reminds me of what Deadpool was to Fox Marvel characters mm. in that Deadpool would like, you know, reference the X-Men, have them in there. But 
it's a different tone. And we've talked about this before, how Christopher Nolan in the Dark Knight trilogy made a very successful dark Batman. And then DC thought, this is the secret to superhero movies. They want to see dark superheroes. When really that works for Batman, it doesn't really work for Superman. It doesn't work that well for Wonder Woman. Like, there's got to be some lightness there. Batman's dark, but other characters are lighter. But since the Batman trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad was... Like, a little lighter, but still dark in tone. Justice League's a little lighter, still dark in tone. Same with Wonder Woman. They start to get a little lighter, but it's still very Zack Snyder, 300. Very cool looking, but there's just almost taking themselves too seriously. Forgetting the fact that, like, you know, we saw this, we were comic book nerds or cartoon fans. And now, I mean, I I forget the, um, was it Zack Snyder recently with the, uh, where he was like, Fans who are questioning why Batman shoots people, get over yourself. Yeah. He shoots people. It's like, shut up, nerds. It's like, it's not just whatever. And then, and someone's like, well, the problem with Batman shooting people is it kind of like changed the whole narrative of what Batman is. And we get it. You're doing that because you don't care to stay close to the source material. And you can probably reference certain things that Batman did use your gun. Right. But uh, it just creates a problem for us because we're watching our superheroes supposed to be something better, something more they're doing. But if they're just like the criminals, what's to stop them from just being an actual vigilante psycho? You know, Batman tying somebody up, cool. Batman tying someone up and shooting them in the head, a little bit different. Uh, so I think that they kind of went that route. Shazam, to me, you know, is always like, uh, um, first of all, Shazam... This is a remake or a, an original movie? Well, technically, there was... I'm not sure it was the first ever superhero movie, but like back in the 40s, they did a movie about Captain Marvel, which was his original name, Shazam. And But they haven't really done a big So this is budget. Like a, Yeah, this is basically new ground. Also, not to be confused with Kazam, which is a different movie or starring sh- another. Starring Shaq. Yes. Or Shazam, Shazam. starring... Sinbad. Right. Which is a movie that in my world doesn't exist. But I but know in another. my world does exist. Yes. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Mandala Effect, look into it. Maybe it's false. Maybe it's not. I know what I know. I, all I remember is I went to the video store all the time and never saw Shazam's Sinbad. But I believe my friends when they say they saw it. It's so. confusing. We all know something's going on. Eventually, government, you'll tell us. You'll tell us what's happening. I just uh, know my reality. And there's no Shazam in my right. reality. So, it's in that. So, this is like, so you're saying this is like a, this is almost like a new step forward for him, for them. The same way that I guess that Wonder Woman was a new step forward, where they were like, this is a positive superhero, a woman, and she actually is leading this movie, and she's not being, she's not doing the stupid, dumb jokes that we write for women sometimes because we don't understand what's going on. So, you're saying that, I should come into this with a fresh approach. Now, do I need to have seen the other DC movies to watch this movie? I don't think you do. Uh, the only one that I have not seen is Aquaman. And I felt like I was I caught up. But I feel like there weren't any, like... Maybe there were some hidden Easter eggs I didn't, like, see. But it wasn't anything lost. It was its own separate, standalone movie. Uh, they found a, a, a voice, like, a new tone, sort of, for this hero. Because he is... Uh, a kid, basically, in a grown man outfit. And 
it, and then, like I said, the theme of family, him trying to like find out who he was because he was an orphan. He's with the foster family and trying to sort of fit in there and at school. And there is as fun and funny legitimately as it is, there are some not like hardcore dramatic moments, yeah. but there's some like authentic emotional moments in the movie. And I think it just ties together all the end. I can't say too much about it. Right. I like that. But, yeah. but I will say that I, out of all the movies that I've seen so far and reviewed for the, the podcast, I and mean, we've seen some great ones. This is my favorite. And my wife, Maritza, who is way more into Marvel movies than she is DC movies, even said, she loved Wonder Woman. She was like, this is the best one they've done. It's so I, I give this enthusiastically three ticket stops. Now you saw this with, uh, parents. Yes. The missus. Yes. How the parents feel about it. Can, can, can someone can varying age groups go and see this movie? Yes. They loved it. Of course, my mom had a lot of questions, which may have been like, she could have been exposing plot holes, but she also maybe just wasn't sure what was going on. Okay. But at the same time, it's a superhero movie, so I'm sure there's a ton of plot holes that, like, all right, don't 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 worry about that. Don't worry about how they did this or what this, how this person was able we're to do that. We're just here now. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 superhero movies, you have to always get exactly. the disbelief of, like, now we're just here. Right. Um, all right, well. But you know, I, I would recommend seeing it. In yeah. fact, if you want to see it at some point in the near I, future, I, I will definitely see it again. It's Like I said, three tickets up, so I would recommend seeing it with as many people as you possibly can. You know it's what? I do fun. want to see it because I love Chuck. Uh, and I want DC to do well because I don't want one entity to dominate this. Although, who owns DC now? Oh, I thought it was still DC, maybe. Right, but no one owns like they're not. Owned Disney Marvel. owns Marvel, right? So Disney doesn't still own DC. Disney doesn't own Fox. Maybe I don't. I think they Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Well, okay, God, Warner Brothers. Sorry, I, don't I just want to make sure that it wasn't like that right. Was, Warner Brothers. That, that all right, took so way too there's long still for two us different to universes. They won't be okay. Yeah, cool, yeah. Great. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. I, I'm. Um. Let's check it out. I will. I. I feel like I do want to see this. I want to see something different. I also feel like Shazam's gonna get on the radar. People are like, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. And I want to. I want to have them give some other light to the non this the superheroes who won't necessarily fit the bill of the guys you recognize on a regular basis or the women you recognize on a regular basis. Yeah, I do like that. Um, all right. All I, right. I'm up. I'm up. Yeah. Convince you. Convince me. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the hip hop portion. Obviously, the sudden and tragic death of Nipsey Hussle dominated the news cycle this past week. We've learned some more things about the alleged shooter of Nipsey Hussle. His name is Eric Holder, not to be confused with the former Attorney General, which my father was, because I wasn't very clear about that when I was telling him the story about it earlier. The Attorney General killed Nipsey Hussle. No, no, no. The, the Attorney General did not kill Nipsey Hussle, allegedly or otherwise. Had nothing to do with it. No. Wasn't in... Wasn't in, in, in no. uh, I'm sure Breitbart is probably trying to cook up some sort of plot to this, but this is a separate Eric Holder. Okay. Uh, he, he was arrested... He's being held on $5 million bail. Uh, he's going to be returned for hearing on May 10th. And he is going to be represented by attorney Chris Darden, who is famous for being one of the prosecutors during the O.J. Simpson trial. And apparently doesn't like to be popular. Yeah. So I wanted to know your thought on this in terms of Chris Darden, because 
I remember Chris Darden back in the day, and then I've been watching, you know, the documentaries and the 30 for 30 about OJ. And I felt kind of bad for Darden because at the time, it seemed like his words and a lot of people were the black community sort of viewed him as a sellout because he was going very hard against OJ, who at the time was kind of like, we didn't really want to believe he did anything. Hindsight being now looking back on it, it's like maybe OJ did something. But now he's defending this guy who supposedly killed a rapper so beloved that the LAPD, Bloods, Crips, Essays, and the entire world have all come together to mourn. So Eric Holder, right now as it stands, is public enemy number one in LA, in hip hop. So, like you said, he doesn't want to be popular, but... I'm just like, what's your take on this? Well, um, I, again, we've, maybe I, maybe I'm the only one debating conspiracies on a regular basis on the show, but, um, I still believe that, um, there's more to Nipsey Hussle than him just getting killed. And like, I think that part of what he was working on, uh, affected, you know, uh, the Dr. CB, the, uh, cure for cancer documentary, <clears throat> I think part of that is really um, tied into it for me, um, especially looking at back after last week's show when I kind of looked into um, another person who was looking into that left eye, whose vehicle crashed after having a meeting with uh, Dr. CB. Uh, and so I don't know the full on details of that. And so I can't look at this as just a person who shot someone and killed them. And with that being said, I think that the due diligence of law needs to take place and we need to fully investigate if this happened and if this person did this, if they did this, what were the factors of why this happened and really get get delve deep into it. Unfortunately, I don't think that that would get to that level. So I think that he is just defending him for a shooting case. I don't know that the other stuff, the conspiracy aspects will get into it because I don't think that we're capable of talking about that or investigating that and that'd be, be like you're crazy or we're not going to allow that to be uh, submitted as evidence that's ridiculous you know i i think that christopher darden has to represent him i mean he's choosing to represent him or however this worked out however this came about um i do know that lawyers in certain aspects do seek these celebrity clients these like high profile cases because it helps you out yeah negatively or positively it still helps you out um so, and then the whole thing about, like, selling out the black community, that's a tough debate about who did that and, and how and what's considered a sellout. And if someone's career choice, a career path, it doesn't necessarily work out with line, in, in line with black people. The thing is, it's always times where you feel like you constantly have to have a fight towards for your, your race because you feel like there isn't a overall arcing, let's be equal for human rights instead of just black, white, Asian, you know, Latino. So there is this whole, like, if you're not always about black people, then you're selling them out. Now, I could also look at the Jesse Smollett thing and say, if he, now this was dismissed, but if he were proven to have done these things and been and lied and done all this, and this is what really happened, is he not a sellout for the black community? I mean, for the black race, because he pulls away any sort of credibility we start to have, even though it's one case versus the million of cases that happen against black people that are wrong. So I think the whole sellout for whatever, some people jump to conclusions too fast. I don't want to do that yet. I would like to get some more facts in because 
I believe the equal sides have, other, under the laws that we've established, that we don't always hold to in our country, very clearly we don't always hold to them. I think we have to give him the due diligence of seeing if this is like, of going through this case, putting the evidence together. There is very grainy video footage. Yeah. So I don't have enough information there. I can't clearly see guy with face, gun, shoot. You know, so there's a lot going on there. Um, on a separate tangent, I think at a certain point in time, we as the media, because we are now part of the media. Oh, God, I guess we are. We are part of the media. We should be cautious about the stuff that we release. I know you're going to do it anyway. I know TMZ, you're going to do it because you don't give a shit. But, like, showing a video of uh, a rapper being shot and having that be on the internet, like, almost as soon as, as you get it, as soon as you get it, I get what you're doing, but you already got your clickbait. You got your stuff. You got your celebrity scandals and whatever. If someone's murdered, I think it needs to be a little thing where you, have, you should have to go through an age sign-in thing or some kind of... It needs to be something where it's not just like, hey, here, you want to see someone get shot? Here it is. Hey, this person got kicked in the face. Here it is. Like, everyone can see. Like, it doesn't sometimes... I think sometimes it can be more detrimental. I get it. You're going to put the public eye on everything. Show everything's happening all the time. I just feel like, from that standpoint, um, even for his, uh, for uh, Lauren... Um, London. London. It's... Uh, it's a little rough on that aspect, and so I would, you know, I know I branched off a little bit, but sometimes we put stuff like, you know, Nipsey Hussle being shot and having to be. I mean, I wasn't even trying to find him being shot. I yeah. was looking into it and I see the video. I'm like, oh, jeez, all right. You know? I, I didn't even click on the video. I saw it. I didn't know it was the video for him being shot. I, 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 I was just looking up some sort of information that we could add to this story for today, like last second stuff, and it came up on TMZ, and I. I didn't click on the video. I'm like, I don't need to see this. I read about it. And what I read was that apparently Nipsey got shot, didn't die. Like he said something to the shooter and was like, okay, you shot me. Like you got me. I'm good. And then the shooter apparently allegedly like took it as him talking back, came back, was upset that he didn't kill him. Then shot him again more times, and then and then when I saw there was a video for it, I was like, I, I can't. I mean, there, yeah, there's a little curiosity to it, but at the same time, I was like, I can't watch. I can't watch a man be killed on video. I mean, it's a lot of stuff's hard to make out, but you get what's going on there. But um, getting back to your original thing there, um, I, we all need to find out why this guy did this to know if this guy did this. What the storyline is, if it's beef, because um, this is important for the black community and aspects and the hip hop community, because you know feeding that stereotype that we kill each other or that we're the reason why we're dying or that we're the you know we're the you know I mean black on black crime or you know the the people who uh, represent themselves as uh, how do you say it? how do I say this in that sense? the people who are white who are trying to say that um, certain communities need to like clean up their act and like and love each other more and do all these things, but are secretly actually racist white people. Um, this is feeding directly into what they want for for everything. They want these things to break down. They want us to have issues. They want to be like tear each other down. This is not good in that aspect for us. The Justice Smollett thing wasn't good for us. So we need to figure out a, the. Uh, I want to. I want to go fully with this and see what actually happened. I'd like to have a story about why this happened. I know there's a speculation about why it happened, 
Um, someone told me it might be beef or someone told me like he like hit him up for like try to get like a, a feature or some kind of thing. I don't know. Joiner Lucas uh, posted something I think on Instagram or something about this guy Eric Holder because he was an inspiring rapper trying to hit him up for a feature and saying like, "Hey, how much for a feature? Please let me know." And then Joiner deleted it for his own reasons. Um, so there's been the theory that like other oh, guys just. He was like a desperate rapper. They're trying to push that. They're saying that he was also a hater or a snitch. Again, as members of the media, which we are now, I'm like Keyshawn Johnson, where I refuse to. I don't really acknowledge it. Yeah. But, but like we are, we have to be careful. I mean, we're the we, fans media. Because we're bro. giving our own take on stuff, but exactly. it's not necessarily like we mess up from time to time. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, this thing isn't going away. And I think, like, I too, it's like, you know, I just need to know, like, I need to, I don't want you giving me some storyline that we build up and blow up so much that we maybe lose and all of a sudden we lose what may have actually happened because we're into some sort of, like, uh, fantastical little story about this guy's beef with that person, blah, 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 blah. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're obviously this Nipsey Hustle thing will not be done and over for us. It's gonna be something we're gonna continue to branch on. We we kind of I don't even want to, I'm gonna briefly mention this because we talked about it on several different episodes. At this point in time, I'm like Kodak Black. Oh God, I, Kodak. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, Kodak. No, Kodak. No, you. No, I don't even. I don't want to. But it's like, let me say this. Please do. I posted something on Twitter on um, on the Hip Hop Movie News Twitter page recently, where and I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to highlight this person. Um, Kodak Black has said some stupid stuff throughout. He's always saying stupid stuff. He's saying more dumb stuff. But I pointed out this: there are three um, black churches that burn in a parish of uh, Louisiana within a period of about ten days. Uh, close as the police have said now. These all seem suspiciously related. Yeah, no shit. So anyway, three black churches that have burned that are under suspicious reasons in the parish of Louisiana. And I found that story because it's retweeted. No, because it's posted by Alyssa Milano, who I love. Yeah. But that story, I did not see anywhere else. It was not popping up in my news feed. Not mine So what I pointed out was like, hey, internet. We're all hyped over what Kodak Black said or didn't say. Instead of giving this idiot any time of day which you clearly are and he clearly knows this why don't we talk about these black churches that are burned and try to figure out what's going on with that because that seems to me to be a lot more important for the black culture and our community and our people as a whole if Kodak Black died yet died, died tomorrow or never had a career or released another album no one cares or they do care it doesn't really even matter it's not important three black churches burning in Louisiana is important so everyone listening, uh, if people say stupid stuff on the internet, you can give them the time of day or you can try to find something. Use that time to say, you know what, this story is stupid. And then try to find another story that might be more important, even if it's like a puppy and a goat are now friends. And now the goat can walk. I don't care. Like find something separate to focus on and put your good energy into because this stuff has to stop. And like idiots getting a platform to talk, it's already there through Twitter and Instagram, whatever. We don't have to give them that power anymore. I'm officially, unless something like major happens with uh, um, that artist, I'm, I'm done. I yeah. thought it was amusing at one point. 
not amusing in the way where I was like ignoring the stuff he was doing, but I'm just like yeah. First couple episodes, you were kind of like, ah, he's like because I'm like you're ridiculous, right? You're a ridiculous person, but now you're an offensive, ridiculous person who is a continuously offensive, ridiculous person, and a potential rapist, a potential rapist, and I'm done with you. And I think that we should all, as I'm going to take my own advice, I'm going to ignore those stories about this person, and I'm just going to find other means to you know. Well, real quick, I know we went kind of long with the story, but I do want to say. One, I didn't want to talk about Kodak Black and what he was saying, but I feel it was good that you brought it up, like how you brought it up. One, to bring attention to the churches, but two, even though we're not as powerful as like Big Boy yet, or or, or the game yet, right, or Ti, they Maybe all never. they all called him out, and I'm, someone said if if hip hop doesn't check Kodak for what he said. Then you're kind of doing a disservice to yeah. Nipsey. So I check so, him. So I so I feel you checked him. You brought up that's what it other is. Other things that are going on. Yeah, and hopefully we won't really have to mention him again. I know. Um, so we kind of talked about the South in the last last segment. Yeah, racist white people. South racist white people go. So that ties into a story we were going to talk about last week, but had to get bumped. Uh, artist by the name of Lil Nas X from Atlanta has a hit viral song called Old Town Road that's been getting a lot of a lot of buzz. Actually charted. In fact, it even charted on the Billboard Country. It was on three charts. Yes. Yes. Okay. Including so, the Billboard Country. Including the Billboard Country. Yes. But it made a lot of news when, I guess technically two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it was taking taken off of the Billboard Country Charts. Removed from the Billboard Country Charts. Okay. For not being country enough. It did not have... Enough country elements. Elements of a country song. Despite the fact that it had a twanging banjo. It was talking about riding your horse and a tractor, wearing well, a cowboy hat, you, cheating on your girlfriend. You currently have the list of uh, country elements in front of you, right? Because there's a there's a list that you can find on the internet, and on the internet, and what it says, it says it says what you must have to be a country song. It's a full list that everyone can look up, and then it has this, 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 and this. Except that I don't believe that actual list exists because no. um, it doesn't. Scared me for a second. You're like, you have the actual list. I'm like, I don't have. No, there is there 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 is in my mind no list on what the elements are to make a country song beyond what we know as like what we believe are the elements, which are nice little country twang to it. Something bad's happened to you. There's a truck involved. Maybe you cheated on your girlfriend. There's a dog or a horse. There's some sort of a dance that takes place. Maybe we're drinking. All those aspects are things that I know as country. Um, I grew up in Maryland, but my dad is from Roanoke, Virginia. It's very Southern, very South there. He did, you know, the horse thing was about it. My dad, you know, uh, rest in peace, uh, cowboy hat, cowboy boots. That was his style. He's black, totally likes country. Never really made a lot of sense to me, except for certain songs. So when I heard this song, I was flabbergasted to think that this was not a country song because the elements all made sense for country. The only thing that didn't make sense for what they were saying, certain beats they say sound like, um, are two updated beats. Although yeah, I, heard other, tra- I heard beat. other country songs that have similar uh, beats and and like... Yeah, like certain Exactly, right? You know what I mean? The only other element beyond that was the guy's black. Now, there are other country artists that are black. Yes. That have won wars that are amazing. 
Got that. Get that. There's other. There's been other people who have crossed over. Got that. Get that. But this is a new time frame right now. It's 2019. This guy appears to be more like in the lines of like the. He looks like the rapper who's coming out right now. He yeah. has a look of the rapper coming out right now. He has a look of whatever the trap artist. Um, I, I, I don't want to say he looks like the mumble rapper because he's you know not, but like he has the vibe. So uh, so it is what it is. Billboard country said it's not country. It's taken off. End of story. Except it isn't because this past week, Billy Ray Cyrus of Achy Breaky Heart fame and the father of Miley Cyrus felt that this was a travesty, heard the song, loved it, reached out to Lil Nas X, said, hey, you know, they removed me from the billboard as well. We're outlaws. We should do a remix together. Well, I don't know whose idea it was to do the remix, but the point is they got together to do a remix of the song and it is in Incredible. And now they can't really argue. I think they can't argue that, like, one, it's got Billy Ray Cyrus, a bona fide country singer. He sings part of the hook as well in his trademark country twang. Another subtle part that I love is at the end of the song, he has a little whistle to it. Like, almost like he's whistling Dixie, kind of like harmonizes with it. And aside from that, the song hasn't changed much. Like, Billy Ray has a I guess a rap verse, but not really rappers because it sounds like a country song. It sounds country like a, singers do the same thing. It sounds like a country verse. So now, have country singers been stealing uh, rap lyrics or stealing the way how rap sounds? Like, so now, you know? Yes, because I'm going to bring this up. So I don't know much about country. I will say this. There's a country group called Big and Rich. They're famous for having a song called Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Yeah. And one of them was being interviewed about this and was like, hey, you know, it's, it's a cool song, whatever, whatever. I just think if you're going to be a country artist, be serious about it. Move to Nashville. Do this. And I get if you're a hip-hop artist, you're not, you, you protect the culture. But if someone does a hip-hop song, you're like... A lot of people are like, oh, move to the Bronx and like really study underground master flash and stuff like that. But the thing that I brought up was I was like, oh, Big and Rich, this song sounds so familiar. And I listened to that hit song, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. And he was definitely talking about bling bling in the song, which, as we all know, was coined by Lil Wayne and used throughout hip hop in the early 2000s, still kind of today as a throwback reference. But that is absolutely a hip hop reference. So it's like no one's getting on you him. Can stay, for, you can take. I mean, I don't know why you don't understand this sense. You can take from the black culture and the hip hop culture as much as you want. Free for all, take everything, but you can't take from other cultures if you're black. Because come on, we haven't earned that right, guys. That's not ours to take. There's no mixing of genres. There's a point when here where you have to look at this and be very clear about what's being said and what's not being said. For me, it looks like this. I'm like, you guys are traditionalists. Country, you're traditionalists. And not just the aspects of country music. The aspects of how you treat people, about your entire culture. A lot of things dealing with race. We're saying music, but it's all the same situation that's happening right here. And it's very hard for us people who are not in country, even some country people, to look at this and be like, I, it looks like uh, you're being a little bit racist here. It looks like so many other elements are involved in here. Because the song for me feels like an updated version of a country song. I get it. The guy's black. He sounds black. There's aspects of him that whatever. But everything he's saying, he said the word lean in the country song. Okay. You know what I mean? He's also like, riding a tractor. Right. And wearing Wrangler jeans. Right. Like he's Brett Favre. The song's called Old Town Road. Yes. All right. 
Black people don't wear Wranglers by choice unless they love country. Yes. So there's my dad wore Wranglers by the way. Love country. Got it. It, it, there is a um, a lot going on in this song. There's a lot going on here too. It's, and then I've heard people on both sides, and more actually, I've, I've got a lot of interviews on the countryside that have people have been like, "This is you know they've just, they said traditionalists don't like me change something up." They'll be like, "This song's country. People enjoy it. You bop your head to it. It's different, but it's still country." But for a young up and coming artist to Remove their song from Billboard is a big hit in their potentially what they can accomplish, the money they can make, the deals they can make, how far their star can rise situation. And so it's, it, it shouldn't be taken lightly. And then for them to come out and say, this had nothing to do with the, the race of the artist. It just seems like, like horseshit to me that you're saying that horseshit country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it is the, it don't seem right, man. It don't seem yeah. right to me. And this is why we, we were like, both, both Vince and I were like, separately, without knowing that each other were on this, we were on this song as far as like, though, this song and this story is what our show's about. Because as I was saying to both Vince and Patrick off the air, like hip hop is about inclusion. Even though a lot of the hip hop culture has been appropriated to other different cultures and, and used in movies and songs and things and taken away and like jokes made about it. Um, it's about, uh, inclusion, about like having some acceptance about like your story and telling it. Those same elements are kind of involved in country, telling your story. Not necessarily about inclusion, because country does have whatever, but you know, there's CMT, there's the BET Awards. We get it. Right. But, you know, there's a point in time where I think songs like this are great at bringing cultures together. Yes. Uniting people under the things that we all have similarities. But sometimes the similarity, similarity sounds different coming from your voice than it does come from my voice. They're still similar. Theme's still similar, you know? Excellent so. points. Um, yeah, uh, I think we should probably move on from Old Town Road, moving mm-hmm. on to our pick for Song of the Week, which is Old Town Although, Road, the remix. The remix. Lil Nas X featuring the god, Billy Ray Cyrus. It's fire, ladies yes. and gentlemen. It's also, a fire track. I also realized this. Billy Ray Cyrus, I think, my theory, hear me out on this, is like the Joe Budden of country. Hear me out. Not so much in that he's like now a, necessarily the trend maker that Joe is now, but in that they were both considered to be one-hit wonders because they had one big hit song. Joe Budden had Pump It Up. Billy Ray Cyrus had Achy Breaky Heart. So they're on all like the top one-hit wonder lists. But I was looking at Billy Ray Cyrus's discography, and he's similar to Joe Budden in that within the world of country, he has been putting out other songs. No song as big as Achy Breaky Heart, except for now probably this song. But he's been putting in work. He's been doing stuff, and I'm assuming it's good, like Joe Budden was putting in good work for a very long time. So I think Billy Ray probably deserves a little bit more of our respect. Also, because let's be honest about this. Not to say this clears up all or fixes all, but the gesture of Billy Ray Cyrus being like, I like what's going on here. I think you're wrong. And let's do this or however it went about. It doesn't clear up all, but it does a nice little bit to mend the shit that your daughter has done to the black community. Oh, it's the the reverse because she kind of appropriated stuff. So much so. She went into hip hop and was like, oh. Twerking with no ass on some black girl. 
and just like eh, she has done some things where you're like, oh, where I don't he, think she he got has it. opened the door to country and been like, hey, they're not going to let you in. I'll I'll let you in. Yeah. Like I'll help you come in. So yeah, Billy Ray is good. and then, so this song that we've chosen for song of the week is a very catchy song. My wife can attest I've been singing it all week. It's easy. Uh, it's, just, it, it's very catchy. And it's, it's, it's a song that I shouldn't like, I don't think, because I don't like country music. I'm not really into, like, new trap music. But when it's blended together, I, maybe this is the type of music that the Wild Style are supposed to be making in the Bill and Ted movies that bring everyone together. Because I just feel like there's something kind of magical about it that it's like, oh... I think we can all get. He also this. has a. Um, I mean, from a pure like musical standpoint, before the, even the remix with Billy Ray Cyrus on it, Billy Ray Cyrus has a really good voice. Um, is a Lil Nas X has a a very melodic bass tone to his voice, where like it flows very well, he plays with the beat very well, but his voice is easy to listen to and kind of like vibe with. It's just so he sounds good. You know what I mean? His lyrics are both. Funny, catchy, and like actually you're telling a story. And the, the thing just vibes, man. It's one of those things where I'm like, why is this song not longer? Why is this song not longer? Yeah. I've repeated it several times. But with the remix, it is a little longer. Because Billy little, Ray has yeah. this, has the verse that sort of stretches it and out. And there is a little like, uh, kind of like, I don't know, if it's, a, it's probably an unofficial video, which cuts together um, well, them in the studio. It's cuts together them in the studio, Billy Ray and Lil Nas X in the studio, and Aki Breaky, the video uh-huh. clips. So it's like got people like dancing to Eki Breaker Heart with him singing over it. And it's like, it's one of those unofficial videos. It's probably a fan made or whatever. But it's actually a pretty good video. I'll have to check that um, out. As well as you should be checking out, if you haven't already, Ooh, Old Town Road. The link's going to be in, in the description. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to see it because we're going to crash take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride till I can no more. Yeah, that, I wouldn't think that we would be openly doing a song that like is debating whether or not it's country on a hip hop show, but look how inclusive we are, right? But uh, country it, song, that's a song of the week. I know, but it's like it also is like for me, I'm like it's a country song. But then I was like, part of me is like, like we're debating about it's a country song, but I'm also on here. I'm like, well, uh, I think it's a little bit of a hip hop song too. Like, yeah, I mean, means. it's not not a hip hop, right? Song. It, yeah, exactly. And we don't need to be just one because we understand that like yeah. our genre includes all kinds of things. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Ridiculous. Well, I don't think Billboard let Nelly chart on their chart either, so we just kind of no. have a history of this. Yeah. Anyway, I would like to see it make the chart this time. So we're about to wrap up the show, moving on to one of our favorite segments, This Week in Hip Hop History. Starting on April 1st in 1987, Public Enemy released their debut album, Yo, Bum Rush the Show. Uh, in 1996, DJ Cool released a single, Let Me Clear My Throat, which was huge in the 90s. Every middle school dance I went to <coughs> definitely played it. Let me clear my throat. Ba-na-na-na-na. April 2nd, in 2002, Cameron releases the smash hit, Oh Boy, produced by one of my favorites, Just Blaze. Uh, it topped the R&B, hip-hop, and rap charts. Spent five weeks there and just dominated summer radio in 2002. So Sorry. much like Let Me Clear My Throat dominated middle school dances, Oh Boy dominated everything. Oh, we I know rocks all the time. Yeah. Uh, April 3rd, 1997, Minister Louis Farrakhan, head of the Nation of Islam, holds a hip-hop summit in Chicago 
It was organized to address the ongoing coastal feuds in hip-hop, especially off the heels of Tupac's death the previous September and Biggie's death only less than a month before then. It was attended by Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Common, Fat Joe, and Dougie Fresh, among many. In fact, it was known for squashing the beef between Common and Ice Cube at the time because they were really going at it and they were able to be cool after that and even were in a barbershop movie together. And I think like the more things like this need to happen this is kind of what Nipsey was trying to do with like the police and some of the gangs and you know it's very important stuff like this happens kind of goes under the radar but more and more people politicians hip-hop artists athletes need to kind of start our own little meetings about how to fix this because you know we're not getting a lot of help from the government and stuff so... No, true, true. Mm-hmm. April 4th in 1989, Slick Rick releases Children's Story. It was a cautionary tale about a young man's trouble with the law that resulted in getting shot by the police. It really was a breakthrough moment in hip-hop storytelling. Slick Rick is considered to be one of the best, if not the best, storytellers in hip-hop, and this song was kind of what solidified that. That might be one of my uh, top five songs. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's, 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 it's honestly... It's yeah. The beat, the lyrics, everything about that song, man. It's it, and it is. It's a storytelling that just I just, I love it. I only Slick Rick is enough credit. I want the Slick Rick movie to come out. I don't know. I just need we need more about that. Yeah, get one of the British people who are in. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. He's, he's British. He can do it. Slick Rick. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Two thousand eight. Jay Z and Beyonce marry in a private ceremony in New York City. And you know what's funny about that? I wasn't invited. Hmm. Did you get an invite? I did. Did you decline the invite? Oh, okay. Okay. No. All right. Not. I'm just saying, guys. You say you got friends, and then they don't invite you to the weddings. Yeah, it was a private ceremony. I mean, Kanye was there. Uh, Kanye was there? Oh, that was back when they were really cool with each other. Yeah. Uh, 2009, Run DMC was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were just the second ever hip-hop act to be inducted into the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame. Uh, We'll touch more on hip-hop and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think next week we're going to have a couple of hip-hop history moments touching on that. Which that story weirdly mirrors the Billboard Country uh, Lil Nas X story. Uh, It does. I have a feeling it's going to be a recurring theme through a lot of (laughs) our stories, especially in terms of... You want hip-hop. You want our stuff, you want our vibe, you want our style, but you don't really want to have us hang out at your parties. I understand. Which is a shame, because they're a lot of fun. A lot of fun parties. Lonnie Finley, especially. Mm-hmm. April 5th in 2011, Nicki Minaj releases the single Super Bass. It was her first ever top five hit on the Billboard Hot 100, and was a top 20 hit in more than 10 countries. So that was kind of what solidified her as and well. And she was still very, like, she was... She's still okay now, but there was definitely moments where you're like, hey, Nikki, that's Nikki. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Popular song. wasn't my favorite Nikki song, but I, I don't hate her for what she was doing. She made a pop song, and it really helped her out. Yeah. Then April 7th, 1994, M.O.P., Mash Out Posse, released their debut album, To The Death. Love that. That's a great album if you haven't heard it. Listen to it, M.O.P., not necessarily underrated, but, you know, I don't think they get the continuous love that they need to. I feel that album's underrated because everyone just sort of associates them with Annie Up yeah. in, like, 99, 2000. So, that does it for this week's hip-hop and movie news. Thank you so much for letting us share these stories and our opinions. 
We will be back next week, hopefully with Patrick Pierre, if the mouse or the government hasn't gotten to him too much about a lot of our wild talking and conspiracy yeah. theories. He'll be all right, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll be right. He's good. He's a, he's a tough dude. The mouse won't get him down too long. It may, like... Make him disappear, though. I don't. I don't know how they get rid of people, but I. I have a feeling we should call him after this. this we should call him. Okay, we will be calling touch. Patrick Pierre to make sure that he is still currently alive. Um, we give you guys a lot of uh, information every episode and stuff like that. And you know, make sure you're checking out these songs. Make sure you're checking out these movies. Uh, you know, trying to grow the hip hop drama a little bit. Trying to you know, give you guys stories and things that are hitting us up. Um, and that being said, hit us up if mm-hmm. you have some stories or questions or comments, concerns or things you want to talk about. Um, cause, you know, we're going to keep doing the show because we have the ability to, and the internet lets us do whatever we want. We can put whatever, whatever we, we want, want. Whenever we whatever want. Whatever and whenever we want. Right. But we sometimes need a little bit of guidance. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you guys. Right. See what you guys are thinking. Some so, feedback. Uh, we're going to start pushing that social media presence very hard. And yes. We want you guys to interact with us so we can really kind of build this whole hip-hop community and um, really focus on the fans and what we like and all that stuff and just give you a little insight onto why we are still talking about this and why we do this. And So so you can reach us at Hip Hop Movie News, all one word, on both Twitter, Instagram, slide into the DMs. And we also are at Hip Hop and Movie News on Facebook. So... Hit us up and let us know what you think. That does it for this week. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. And we'll see you next week. So just chill. To the next episode. Yes, yes, y'all.